You are listening to American Snippets, the all-American podcast for those looking to dream bigger, live better, and make an impact. What is going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of American Snippets. This is episode number 180. Hey guys, so this week we are bringing you another sort of special edition. If you remember, if you caught an episode we did way back when, I don't remember what episode number it was, we did with Eric Post. Uh, You can find him online, Eric Post American. We brought him and his team onto onto our platform this week for a different reason, which I'll get into in a minute. Let me give you a little backdrop on Eric and what he's up to. I ran into Eric last week while we were both in D.C. attending the peaceful protest portion of things uh, that happened that day. And uh, Eric has been somebody that Dave and I have respected and chatted with for some time now. He's a former Marine. He lives out in Portland, Oregon. Uh, He was going about his life after service, building several successful businesses, giving back to his community when uh, the tide of things turned in this country. And he experienced firsthand the fallout of the riots and the anarchy and the chaos in Portland. He did his best, his way to go downtown and attempt to understand what's going on and connect with people from all sides of things. He made every effort to sit down with people from the BLM movement, even trying to speak to people from Antifa who were creating the carnage and destruction, talking to people whose uh, you know family members or friends were actually killed by police officers and talking to police officers from the other side of it. He just started this whole ep- uh, committed process to understanding what's going on and documenting things for further review down the road in an attempt to understand it and explain it, the, you know, the humanity behind it. We really like Eric. We, um, he's just a good guy. And when I caught up with him in DC, it was a pleasure to sit down and speak to him more in depth on this and compare our experiences in DC. And when he went to go live on his page, he's pretty popular out there, especially on Facebook. He's got a good platform People really connect with him. He gets a lot of interaction. He went to do a live with his team and just go a little more into detail on what he experienced and his thoughts on the, you know, the afterthoughts of what he experienced in D.C., only to discover that he has been banned from going live on Facebook for violating whatever policies it is that they hold that they don't agree with that he holds. So all we could do was offer him our platform to go live and share his thoughts on the aftermath of DC and what it was like and what it all meant to him and his team to be out there again, yet again, in the midst of it all. And this is the conversation that they had. You are listening to the American Snippets podcast. Okay. Okay. We are fast and we are live here on American Snippets, and it looks like there's a little bit of delay, a little bit of lag in the camera time, but we're just gonna roll with it and make it work to the best of our ability here. There, um, there you go. I think I think that the system is so overwhelmed and there's so much shit going down that um, probably we may experience some little glitches along the way, but if it wasn't for glitches, it would be boring. So. Um, here we are on American Snippets on a very spontaneous, fun-filled uh, moment here with Eric Post and his incredible crew who are working on a project that is so powerful and so important. I cannot wait for all the world to see it. Um, we are just sort of hosting Eric and his crew tonight. This is not about us here at American Snippets. He has some things he'd like to say, 
And so uh, we decided to pop him on our platform for different reasons, which he can choose to go into or not. So Eric, I'm going to sit back and um, turn this over to you guys and away you go. Uh, Barb and Dave, you guys, thank you. Um, uh, I'm sitting here with, with my friend Leela and Thysera. Um, we formed a partnership to work on a project together. Um, we found ourselves, I'm just going to make this really short. We found ourselves here in Washington, D.C. over the last few days. Obviously, the world, the entire world knows what has happened over the last 48 hours or so. Um, and now um, we um, found ourselves at the crossroads that, that the rest of America is kind of facing. Personally, the reason why I'm on your page right now, the reason why you called me is because as, as Facebook and Twitter and Apple and Instagram has, has decided to take a stance of what they believe is free speech or not free speech, um, uh, my page, one of my pages, Eric Post American, has, has been you know, targeted as one of those pages they decided that tonight is not going to be heard from. Um, we had planned to do a little live uh, discussion as we did last night about, about the power of, of diversity of thought, about the power of exploration of, of, of human uh, frailty, about the power of, of, of people um, coming together and about the power of, of, of listening and being willing to reconsider. Listening and being, and, and, and at that moment, um, there's been companies and people that have decided that free speech is only free if, if it's agreed upon. And one of the challenges that I've had is, is people misunderstanding diversity and diversity being the way people look. And in my opinion, diversity is diversity of thought, the way people think. And if you really want true diversity, then, then, you, then you look behind um, those appearances and, and what people believe. Um, you know, right now, when we see that uh, private companies are banning the president of the United States of America, supposedly, Supposedly in a land of free speech, supposedly under the guise that everybody here um, has the same rights. We're, we're kind of at the crossroads where there's a certain group of people. And I just posted on my page and, and now it's maybe going to be seen, maybe it's not. But we're. Um, I'm, I'm just going to say it this way, and I posted on my page, if, if anybody's thoughts, if anybody's beliefs are predicated on the demise of somebody else's, then you just guaranteed your own failure. And, and right now we're seeing a group of people believe that um, by taking power over and by, by censoring um, is a way to a victory. I'm telling you right now, it's not a great idea. And disenfranchising half of America in, in 48 hours is, is not a great idea. And um I'm telling you, America is divided, and, and instead of um, encouraging that divide and going for a win, just based on your own tribe, um, it's as sad of a moment as I can possibly uh, experience. Um, this, what are your thoughts, my friend? I um, I mean, I think what's really indicative of our team and why we represent something that we believe in is that you know I didn't. I didn't choose Eric and Lila because they thought like me, you know, I, I, I chose them because they didn't think like me and I wanted to know why that was. And the polarization, when you look at today's, um, uh, the, the voting and, and the record breaking turnout, um, you see that that polarization is so palpable at the moment. And instead of, 
preaching that same rhetoric to your own side to just galvanize your own side, it's how are you reaching across the aisle? You know, as people, not as politicians, as people. And and if that cannot happen, then we're in we're in grave danger because it's consistently going to keep building and it's gonna boil over one day. It's it's boil over today, my man. And 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 and, and that's gonna be uh we were we were in an interview today where we sought out this 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 individual here, we were referred to him. He, he, he was uh, an intellectual guy who didn't view the world probably the way I did. He, he, he's a black guy with, with well, obviously maybe left-leaning views. And, and we had an instant mutual respect because we were independent thinkers. And, and one of the things that I learned from him today was the difference in leadership. He made this little teeny distinction. I wrote down my book about the difference of leadership. And today, what's more important than ever is, is we want stewards. We want people to care for us. We don't want dictators and leaders, right? We want stewards. And what I'm seeing from the government as it's going over and what I heard from, from honestly, uh, now President-elect Joe Biden the other night when he talked, it, I didn't hear leadership. I heard divisiveness. Uh, I heard him galvanizing a base against another base. And I have concerns when, when right now I feel like we need stewards. We need people that care for all of us not part of us. And that galvanization, I mean, you could say the same thing about what Trump is saying as well. And I think that we, you know, we've assigned ourselves to groups that represent a lot of what we believe is morally right. And a lot of that has a basis and it has a purpose and that group is very protective for us. But at a certain point, we also do need to be willing to reconsider things or challenge those ideas so that we can realign with the values that make us want to join those groups in the first place, you know? And, and the responsibility. And, and I think it all comes down to the responsibility. If you are holding, I mean, we're all Influence. humans, Influence. you know, and, and, and we're all, we're all human. And, and that human fallibility goes from the bottom all the way to the top of the government because everybody that holds that position is human, but there's a certain responsibility when it comes to governing a nation on all sides, left or right, where just pointing the finger and saying that's wrong and, and just going back and forth like that has been, um, has been what has brought us to this point. So if our, our government officials cannot do that, then I feel that we have to take on that role of being more attentive and having a discussion and trying to, instead of trying to see that if we are right or wrong, asking the other person why they think that way so we can actually understand them and having that empathy to realize their struggles. And there is that responsibility and also kind of on the flip side in terms of censorship. I definitely, in this project, we all have different political leanings and different experiences and I definitely lean more to the left. But at the same time, I'm really scared by all the censorship that's happening right now. And it's censorship that in some regards I could regard as, you know, that's that's the other party. So I could I think a lot of people are celebrating that as a win. And I see that as so scary. Short sighted. Because it, it, yeah, it, it sets a precedent for what could happen to any of us. And it's 
I mean, free speech is free speech. And it's, it's not that it's not that I agree with everything that was said, but it, it does really give me pause. I've, I've, I've come to really respect Lila and Tisra um, because we, we challenge each other. And, and we're honestly part of the reason why I joined this team is to want to be an example of, of the power of diversity of thought. And when people align themselves in an echo chamber of their own thought and algorithms are designed to confirm your confirmation bias and views of the world and, and people feel comfortable in only speaking in the type of language that galvanizes the people that agree with you instead of changing the hearts and minds of people that don't, I wanted to be an example. And so I've chosen to surround myself with people that have enough respect for their own selves and their own um, personal journey and growth to challenge their thinking. I've, I've, I've surrounded myself with people that, that agree with that. If that's the one thing that we can do is be an example of, of the power of diversity of thought, I want to do that. And our documentary, Barb, I share with you the real of it, um, what we're doing. Um, you know, this is, this is no longer about protesting what we're documenting. This is no longer about racism. This isn't about police brutality. This is about humanity and the fallibility of mankind. And we've seen it play out 48 hours ago at the, at the nation's capital in historic proportions when people are so desperate and feel so unheard, um, that they did what they did. Um, and I'm not going to comment on, on 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 any of the theories around what all happened i just want to say that the palpable feeling of desperation has been something that i felt on all sides for for months as we've been a part of this project and if that's the case then in your own desperation and in your own tribe that's feeling desperation at least pause and recognize that that same level that same energy is also felt on the other side and if you don't recognize that then 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 we're we're, we're in for a rough 2021 man so facebook twitter instagram they're they're publicly traded companies but they are still private companies and and i've got to be in alignment with myself where my businesses i don't want somebody to tell me how i run my business so i'm not going to condone them for running their business the way they are but as i posted today that we've never seen businesses with more control over human psychology and culture than we have with instagram twitter facebook and so on and so forth and so these are new conversations we've never had before and if these privately held companies hold so much control that they that they can silence the president of the United States of America for the entire world and then choose that like the Ayatollah Khomeini still has a voice is a very dangerous position. And I think everybody tonight should fucking pause and think about what that means. Just pause. And not contribute to the fucking noise. Because all this noise that we're having were at the after the minute that there was something going on at the state at the at the capital of the United States that everybody decided for themselves what it meant and they started posting about it and they knew for sure that was right or wrong or whatever. That's noise. And when nobody pauses for self-reflection and nobody does deeper thinking and asks important questions, you're contributing to the noise and you're part of the fucking problem. So really, truly, I'm, I'm, I'm slightly emotional. I've had some whiskey. I've been trying to figure out what this feels. Barb and Dave, you guys are such uh, um, uh, human beings, like quality human beings. You care about other people. You know, this word about patriotism gets thrown around. It's not about that. 
It's about having empathy for other human beings that live in the same country as you. And, and I'm thankful for people like you. I honestly am. And, and I feel that more people um, can really learn from groups like ours, from people like you, and, and recognize that that sort of empathy for other people that exist in your same fucking country is paramount right now more than ever. So thank you for letting me on for just a couple of minutes. No, I appreciate it. Do you have a minute for me to ask a couple of questions or you're banging yeah. off right away? Let's um, do it. And then we're going to go. Yeah. And then go, we'll keep, we'll keep it real quick. Uh, just to give people like a better understanding. And again, like you, we haven't been totally blocked yet, but we've been significantly shadow banned or whatever the hell you call it, where we're just squelched and we're actually hearing people are not seeing our stuff. So a lot of people will catch us on replay. Um, but uh, what do you say to people? Like I, I myself and, and other people I know who are there and one person I know who is there, they have a platform, they posted something and somebody actually reported them to the FBI and yeah. they've been out now been reported to the FBI as a terrorist simply for attending and posting his thoughts about it. Right. And just attacked. And I've had people who have known me for years done with me like that because I was there. They don't. And when I attempted to express it, it was like they just got angrier even no matter how I tried to phrase it like calmly and like my viewpoint and not putting judgments on or just saying this, it doesn't, didn't matter what I said, they were pissed and they're done with me just because I was there. So what do you say to people now who are on both sides of that, right? People who are just trying or, or maybe want to step forward and try to share what they thought and figure it out together, but maybe are afraid to, because they see things like that happening or just frustrated because it's happening to them. And then what do you say to people on the other side who just instantly, and this goes both ways, right? For whatever issue it is, whatever riot, whatever's happened, it's both ways. Everyone just reacts emotionally and doesn't want to respond. So whatever the issue is, what do you say to people who maybe are just afraid to start a conversation? Because it takes courage to, take, to start the conversation because you get annihilated and called, you know, you're really putting yourself out there. You're jumping in with the sharks, right? But So what do you say to people who are afraid to speak up because they're terrified of being attacked or banned or blocked or dismembered like, like you. I'll, I'll go last. I'll go last. I, I would say um, in one, in one regard for the people that are watching this happen, or even for the people that were there, I mean, we were there, we were up front and center and still we only saw what was in our surround in our immediate surroundings. We didn't see everything and no one could have. Right. Absolutely. And I want the more that I think about it, especially in the times that we're in, there are so many points of contention, uh, whether it's talking about COVID or whether it's talking about uh, racial injustice or what or politics or whatever. If you think about just having being at the dinner table with your family or a group of friends or people that you care about, how many people disagree or have differences of opinions? And that's maybe, well, you know, with COVID restrictions, especially it's like six people are under and then you think about that in terms of a group of thousands or millions of people. And there are so many intentions there. So it's, it's, you can't just make a blanket statement of it was this or it was that. And so I encourage this, this answer is kind of part of the question of just, I encourage anyone that is looking at this to be open to the idea of considering that there are those multiple intentions and opinions of what is happening and why people were there. It's yes and, honestly. She's, she's, she's taught me this skill of yes and. The, the thing that you believe is yes, and there's other existences of realities. Yes, and, right? So giving the people this to, to the ability to have their beliefs 
and something existing at the exact same time is now like considered old fashioned. And I don't, I don't understand that. Like that's a, that's a very powerful position to be able to stay in the world. And, and you go, and then I'm going to go, and then we're going to go to dinner. I, I just think that, um, I think that we need to be the change that we want to see. And, and it's, and, and, and we need to be empathetic enough to understand the other side. And this is not something that we can follow people or leaders on. It needs to, it needs to grow from within and to start a movement where everybody that, you know, instead of sitting on the couch and judging what's been said on the news or the media, we need to start to be accountable for, for the way we interact with our families, with our friends, with the people that see us differently and have opposing views. And, and, and that's the start. Otherwise, we're going to keep on just in the cyclic nature of, of where we've been at for the last all, all of these, all these, all these things about like, hey, we need, to, we need to listen and pause and all that kind of stuff. This for me is no kumbaya. This is no like, hey, let's all hold hands and get together and, and feel warm and fuzzy. And no, 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 the practical nature of coexistence is what I'm talking about. It's practical, right? If, if, if I'm constantly needing other people to fail so I feel good about myself or from a family succeed or by business succeed, that's a miserable place to live from. <laughs> that's a miserable existence. That's a miserable community and family and state and country, right? I'm not talking about a kumbaya, let's all just get it together. No, I'm talking about from a practical standpoint, right? I remember when I, and I used this in my, when I did an event, when I went to boot camp, okay, Barb, when I went to boot camp in the very first day as an 18 year old kid, I'm in the line. I showed up and we're, we're on the, we're getting off the bus and the drill instructors are yelling at us. And we're on the bus and I'm looking around. There's people with brown skin and black skin and white skin and long hair and short hair and freckles and fat and not and all this kind of stuff and different socioeconomic backgrounds. We're all different, right? And then we line up. And in boot camp, what do they do? The very first day, you take off all of your civilian clothes. They shave your head. They give you one uniform. And none of us left our beliefs behind. We all maintained our own personal beliefs, but we realized that we were stronger together when I fought for hers and his and his and his, and, and then they fought mine. I didn't strip away my beliefs and leave them behind. I recognized that by us fighting together for all of our fucking beliefs, we were way stronger together. And that's, and that's that kind of thing. Like You don't have to leave your beliefs behind to fight and, and root for somebody else's, right? And, and, and I just keep thinking back to that example as a young kid that I learned that so vividly. And, and I, I, would, I would hope that people consider that. And also in terms of people that are afraid to voice their opinion, you know, there are, we, we know that there are very real repercussions for voicing your opinion and people are very easily triggered, all of us included, you know, in our own ways. And it, it is challenging and I don't know how to answer that for any one person, but I can suggest that a good way to start is to start just by asking genuine questions, because if you're asking genuine questions, that shows whoever you're talking to, whether you think you agree with them or you don't, it shows them that you're willing to participate in a conversation. It establishes them as your conversation partner and it also makes them more open to hearing what you have to say and can pave the way for you to voice your opinion. So that's a good place to start is just 
asking genuine questions that you have and sort of seeing where that goes. I'll, I'll give this one thing that I've really, really thought deeply over the last couple of years and we're going to go. And thank you for letting us be here for a minute. Yeah. That, that the reason why I see so many people feel like it takes courage, right, to voice their opinion is because they've intertwined their identity with their beliefs. And when you do that, and then somebody like goes against your beliefs, then it's, then I feel like it's a personal attack and that's a problem. So for me personally, I hold my beliefs outside of my identity. I don't need to be right. I just, I'm more interested in the truth. And so if I hold my beliefs out here and, and my beliefs are attacked, I don't care. Okay. Let's look at it top, bottom, sideways or whatever. And I don't feel the needs that that's a personal attack. But when somebody intertwines their beliefs and their identity in the world together, then that's a very precarious position. So I encourage people to like say, hey, I have a belief, but my beliefs might evolve. I'm okay with being, pro being proven wrong. I'm okay with the fact that I might learn new information or be exposed to new ideas that I didn't know before when I formed that belief originally. And now that I've learned this new idea, I have a new belief now. And awesome, I've evolved as a human being, right? Isn't that a much more powerful position to be? So when people think they need to have courage to voice what they believe or to explore new ideas, it doesn't. No, it's a cowardly position to not do it. It's a cowardly position to not explore new ideas and not be willing to, to be uh, um, you know, confronted with opposing ideas. That's cowardly. That's not, it doesn't take courage to talk about what you believe. It just, it's, it's humbleness, right? It's humbleness. So if we all deploy a little bit more humbleness and a little bit more empathy, I think that would go really long ways, honestly. So there Excellent. we go. Good luck to you guys. Sorry you're going through what you're going through. Hope you have a good dinner. And, you know, we're happy to host you guys anytime. Thank you so much. Let's do another show. Yeah, okay. have an excellent night. Good night, Thanks, Dave. Andrew. See you, buddy. All right, everyone. There you have it. That wraps up another episode of American Sippets. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I'd like to personally thank Eric Post and his team for, for sharing uh, you know, their thoughts on free speech and such uh, on this episode of the American Sippets podcast. If you got any value out of this episode, please share this podcast with a friend. Let them know what we're doing here. Leave us a five-star review. Uh, iTunes reviews are really important in helping us grow our audience and get higher up in in the uh, podcast rankings, uh, share this episode with a friend, share it on social media, on Facebook, make sure you follow us on social as well. Instagram, Facebook, YouTube at American snippets. Um, and you know, free speech is a big issue right now. So, uh, let's all unite around not allowing big tech to have this much power. I know a lot of people are saying that big tech are public and private companies. They can do what they want. If they don't like what you're doing, they can kick you out of their sandbox, so on and so forth. But big tech censoring uh, opponents and, and competition or things that they disagree with is really a line that should not be crossed because it leads to other things. And let's not forget these companies have protections from being treated like publishers and being sued because of section 230. This is a this is a program and a very inexpensive one, I might add, that is subsidized by us the American people. So so for them to turn around and remove accounts like the president of the United States or delete or ban conservative thoughts or thoughts that they disagree with is a line that goes too far. And it's it's time for us, the people to stand up. These companies have gotten too big. These are some of the biggest, most powerful comp companies in the history of the world. They yield too much power. And we do have things like 
uh, monopolies and antitrust laws, which they are definitely a violation of that we can use to knock them down to size. So again, that's our thoughts here. We appreciate you being here today. Now go out there and show the world how exceptional you truly are. 